This is the Married Man Podcast, home of the warrior husband, and I am Brian Bandis of the Married Man. This is episode number eight, in which we're going to talk about discipline and determination. Two very sexy, fun topics. Everybody gets pumped when you say the word discipline, right? I mean, sounds like a party. This is going to be good, actually. Just hang with me here. So we're talking discipline and determination and how they relate to our marriages and our family. Before we do, though, please consider subscribing to the podcast and leaving a review on iTunes or Stitcher or Spotify, wherever you're listening. Uh, The Married Man Podcast comes out once a week, and this is where we talk about how to bring our A game to our marriage. And just as important, how we become great men by stepping up to fulfill our roles as husbands and for some of us as fathers. And my hope is that if nothing else, after listening to this podcast, I want you to leave with enough gas in the tank to decide that you're going to give everything you've got to your family for another week. Okay. No matter how hard it might get. So this week, Discipline and Determination. I'm reading from this book. It's a book called 177 Mental Toughness Secrets of the World Class by Steve Seibold. He's got another book that I read before this. And, and what I like about him, for one thing, is that it's they're about a page, page, page and a half each, these 177 secrets. So you can just sort of bite-size your way through them. And as I was reading them, and this is not a book about marriage, by the way, at all. This is just a book about how to um, sort of live your life in what he would call a world-class way. In other words, how do you uh, perform in the different areas of your life at a world-class level, whether that is um, as a father and husband, as a friend, as a business person, um, you know, take your pick. So, and he talks through the mindsets of, of this type of person. And I think we've all had that experience of looking at somebody, maybe it's a, f- a famous person, maybe it's a you know, world-class athlete, or maybe it's an actor or somebody like that, and wondering, you know, what, what am I missing? Like, what is the secret? This person has figured it out. What is it? What's the secret sauce? And he tries to sort of distill that into these page-long sort of bite-sized nuggets to say, here are the different habits and mindsets of this type of person. So habits numbers... 40 and 41, as I'm listening to him, I I could not help but think about uh, the married man and think about marriage and how clearly they applied. So habit number 40 is the world-class, world-class people are determined to win. Um, And they've got a coach here from uh, Vince Lombardi, who most of you know, but if some of you don't, is a absolutely legendary uh, football coach, coach the Green Bay Packers. Uh, There's a pretty significant trophy named after him. And the quote says, winning isn't everything, but wanting to win is. So uh, what I have underlined here is this this quote, and this isn't from Vince Lombardi. This is from Steve Seibold, the author. He says, uh, many times, the only thing that separates winners from losers is pure determination. And I'll, I will tell you guys, uh, and I don't think that my dad would, would mind me saying this, and I talk a lot about my dad, and he has the distinguished honor of of being um, earlier in my life, unfortunately, sort of a negative driving force here because of um, the divorce and, and what my family experienced, and also a very positive driving force in how he has uh, pushed himself and his family around him forward spiritually, and just the man he has become. There's a lot of positive things there. Um, but he has told me, because he thankfully is very willing to have 
really candid conversations and honest conversations with me about uh, his marriage to my mother. Um, and over the years, thankfully, I, I've, um, man, I've been very fortunate that I have been able to have access to a certain amount of healing that I think a lot of people don't have access to because I have a dad who I'll call and we'll talk about these things and he takes full ownership of things that he uh, probably could have done better. Um, and you know, I don't have to worry about calling him and him flipping out and getting defensive, that type of thing. So I want to give him credit for that. Um, and so he has told me point blank, Hey, I don't know that, that your mom and I had to get divorced. Uh, in other words, there was probably a way that we could have decided we're going to figure this out. And it might've been a rocky road, probably definitely, I would say me not might have, but it, it would seem that it definitely would have been a rocky road. But we could have sorted this out. And what one thing that was lacking was this determination. So Seibold says in this book, many times the only thing that separates winners from losers is pure determination. And based on conversations with my dad, um, I'm not sure that his first marriage was significantly worse than his second or worse than his second marriage at all. And yet his second marriage has turned into a truly beautiful relationship. I mean, I will give I will give him that. He and my stepmom are, they truly, truly love one another and in a very servant-hearted way, in a very, man, it's just beautiful to watch and it's the type of marriage that I absolutely would, would model my relationship after. And so the difference between marriage number one and marriage number two was not that number one was bad and number two was good. It was that the the people in the second one and and in this case namely my dad because I've talked to him about it uh he was a different guy and he had this perspective and this experience that gave him a level of determination that he didn't have in the past so the other thing that uh <laughs> the other thing he says is that uh very frequently uh, people choose discipline over comfort Excuse me. People choose comfort over discipline. I got that. Um, I got that mixed up. Uh, and bear with me here. I'm kind of flipping through my, um, flipping through my book here to make sure I'm not missing anything. So, the reason I think discipline applies here. Let, let's talk about this because I am a bit of a hopeless romantic, and so you know, not surprising that I have the, the passion that I do for marriage. But I don't know that I would put romance necessarily in the same category here. Uh, I grew up a hopeless romantic, like, you know, I love the Tom Hanks, Meg Ryan movies, that kind of thing. And don't you guys start talking to me about You've Got Mail that movie's fantastic. I don't want to hear about it. Um, and I wanted that experience, right? I wanted to be like carried away on the wings of love. And I remember having this conversation with my uncle Brian, who is one of the most crucial me mentors in my life. Uh, I was named after him. Um, and I remember asking him about his marriage and, well, you know, tell me about you and Aunt Laura and falling in love with her and really his description of their relationship to me at the time, and I, I was probably a junior or senior in high school, was sort of disappointing. It sounded sort of clinical. And he said, well, our lives, you know, really uh, were going the same direction and we really wanted to do that together. And he sort of described this, this partnership, um, and he didn't describe it in a way where it, where it was truly clinical or, you know, totally void of emotion or anything like that. And in fact, I know that they love each other very much, but it wasn't, um, oh my gosh, I saw her across the room and she was, 
you know, there was a beam of light and a glow. And I knew that it wasn't that type of story. And I'm not saying that doesn't exist. I don't have a problem with that. But I don't think that's the key to a successful relationship at all. And what he described was commitment. He, des- he described and has described over the years a choice, a choice to love her. And I know that my dad in his second marriage that has become such a beautiful relationship, there have been very distinct moments where they have chosen one another and they weren't compelled. They did have a choice. It wasn't, I'm so compelled by this emotion. Love is a choice. It's an action. Uh, It's not, I mean, love, truly love in its purest form is it's not this emotion that we can't control. That's probably infatuation. Uh, love is an action. It's something that we choose, something that we do. I remember being really disappointed by that description from my uncle. Um, and yet now when I think about it and I think about how I feel about my wife and how I choose her. And let me tell you, earlier today, when we were arguing, and we were, we had a moment where I was frustrated, my decision to treat her a certain way, to, to cool off, to, to keep my cool, and to, um, to work on interacting with her in a healthy way was not because I just couldn't help the emotion was so strong and my love was so, I was just carried away. It wasn't that. It was a choice. I am choosing her, and therefore, it will affect my actions, right? And Now, I see that love as a choice and love as an an action is far more beautiful, far more powerful, far, far more amazing, not less than than being sort of carried along on the, on the wings of, of emotion, right? Uh, the, the Bible story talks about God giving man free choice, and this is sort of a this can be a hot topic here. this can be a hot button issue. Um, but bottom line is sort of the idea is that if God didn't give man free choice and he forced us all a to behave and B to love him, then we don't really love him, right? Our hands are tied and he's, he has forced it to happen and and we're not loving him because we're not choosing anything. We're just compelled. We're, we're like the victim of emotion, right? And we're under some sort of spell, and when I love Kelly, my wife, I am not the victim of emotion. I'm not under some sort of spell. In fact, sometimes it's the opposite. Sometimes um, it's very hard to, and I promise she feels the same way at times, and yet we choose one another, and that's so much more beautiful. I mean, when you ask someone, why do you love me? Do, do you want to hear that they choose you, or do you want to hear, oh, I, I can't really help it, I guess. I mean, I could if I would, but what choice do I have? Well, that's actually not that beautiful. I mean, would you rather be chosen by someone? So before I jump into the second half of this, remember we said discipline and determination. Before I jump into the second half of this, um, what actions constitute the type of discipline that we're talking about? Um, I I got it a little out of order. I'll I'll admit that because we started off with with talking about um, being determined to win. Um, but to me, the choice is those moments of discipline when we are, uh, disagreeing earlier today. Um, and I have a moment where I can choose my wife and in doing so, 
uh, when I choose her, it affects my actions and I submit my actions to that choice, right? Same way if I decided to choose to be physically healthier, I'm going to submit my actions to that choice and I'm going to eat differently. I'm going to, I'm going to act differently. I'm going to run or work out or whatever it is, right? Um, so to me, I like to break it down to keep it really simple in, in think, say, and do. Um, I can be purposeful in the thoughts that um, I allow to linger in my mind. I can be purposeful in the action that I take to sort of train my thoughts, to work on my thoughts and improve my mindset. That also includes sort of the emotional healing side of, okay, I'm going to pursue, um, I'm going to pursue emotional wholeness and health and healing so that I can give that to my family. Uh, that's think in terms of say, I'm going to be purposeful about what I say to my wife. I'm also going to be very purposeful what I say about my wife and about my marriage. And then what I do and controlling my actions and being very purposeful about how I treat my wife and how I treat my marriage and how I, um, what's the word I'm looking for? How I sort of cultivate that, right? And nurture it, protect it, grow it. So think, say, do. That's the easiest, the easiest. Those are each going to be a whole podcast episode that we're going to really dig into that, but that's the summary. So talking about commitment, going back to this book here, Steve Seibold's book, um, there's two things I, I wrote down here because to me, this sort of describes that difference in determination that I described um, in my dad. Uh, the first one is one must have determination and must be prepared to suffer during the process. If one isn't prepared to suffer during adversities, I don't really see how he can be successful. That quotes from Gary Player, um, legendary golfer, uh, one, one of the greatest of all time. The man knows how to put himself through um, suffering of sorts to achieve an end goal. The other one, uh, let's see here. Hmm. <laughs> the other one is amateurs, uh, while amateurs are dedicated when things go are going well, i.e. the first half of my dad's marriage, first marriage, champions are always dedicated, i.e. the entirety of his second marriage. Um, and without outing him too much, I know because we have spoken openly about it, that the second marriage has not been easier. The difference has been his level of dedication. But why would it be worth it to commit ourselves to anything at that level? Because there are things, there are things in this life that are not worthy of that commitment. So I'm not, I'm not going to judge other people right now and say what is or isn't, but I'll just give you an example. Um, recently I saw a, uh, Instagram video of a guy and he had these um, sort of one wheeled skates, one under each foot. And he was doing these crazy tricks. And I thought that is super impressive. I would, I would basically die if I did that. Um, but I also thought, man, how many hours has this guy devoted in his life to being able to skate like this on these sort of odd little contraptions to me? And that's the clarifier. I'm not, I'm not judging him. To me, that would not be worth that level of commitment. I'll pass. I also watched a documentary the other day on the best Rubik's Cubers in the world. As you can imagine, to become so, you have to spend thousands and thousands of hours mastering that. And they're solving the Rubik's Cube in, in five or six seconds. It's unbelievable. And if I could learn to do that without having to put any hours in, I'd be down. Um, you know what? I would even, I would invest a couple hours if I could do that. 
but thousands, no. So why is this marriage relationship worth committing to at that level, that kind of commitment, this kind of commitment here? One must have determination and must be prepared to suffer during the process. My opinion My opinion is that I'm going to get to the end of this life and it is going to end at some point. I feel fairly certain of that. And I'm going to look back and there are going to be things I'm going to look at like the Rubik's Cube and go, "Ah, I'm not sure if I'm psyched that that's my legacy. And then there's going to be things I look at and I'm going to go, I did it. How, How my sons see me what kind of relationship I had with my wife, what kind of family experience my boys had, what kind of commitment, to what degree was I able to humble myself and submit my actions and submit my comfort to this to this commitment. The second thing is, is that, so that's the first thing is just legacy and getting to the end of my life and going, man, that was worth it. Like, I am happy about that. I am happy with that legacy. If I am, if I'm gone and what I've got is a family who's like, man, he freaking did it. I'm good to go. I really am. I am happy with that success. I win. I'll roll up out of here. The second thing, and I talk about this all the time, is that as he says here, as, as Gary Player says here, and they must be prepared to suffer during the process, this is the refining fire, baby. This is good. This is good for my soul. The goal is not comfort. In fact, we hear it all the time in the whole success world, get comfortable with being uncomfortable. And as much as a lot of, that, a lot of things in that world I kind of roll my eyes at, that is spot on. Because that is where I grow. That is where I change. That is where I am transformed. And it is a problem if 10 years from now, 20 years from now, 40 years from now, when I get to my deathbed, if I am the same as I am now, that's a, that's a huge problem, guys. That's not good. Transformation must occur and it must continue to occur. That's the whole point. And it's beautiful. Makes life fulfilling. Makes it exciting. It's a freaking adventure. And to me, my marriage and my marriage relationship has already, and we are just, we are about two weeks away, I want to say. Now, maybe we're three weeks away from 10 years. And I can just tell you, it has already forced me to change and grow in numerous ways and continues to do so. And just this morning, we had a moment where I wanted to respond or react in a certain way, and I didn't, and I'll bet I would have five years ago, but I'm changing I'm growing, I'm transforming. The discomfort, which I do not prefer, is having a positive effect on me. It's the refining fire and it is a good thing for your soul and for my soul. And that is where a vision, when it gets painful, that is where vision for the glory of victory comes in. I've got a vision of who I want to be and where I want to get to and and what I want people to be saying when I'm on my deathbed. I'm a little bit afraid of like what comes before death. I don't want to die in a painful way, but man, I'm not that afraid of the end and I'm going to feel really good about it if this is what I have poured myself into. So that vision that vision for who you want to be and what you want to build is so crucial in those moments where, as Gary says, you must be, be prepared to suffer during the process. And when those, when those things come around, I've got that vision and it carries me through. 
And the glory of, of victory is, is that fulfillment in the, in the marriage relationship, the intimacy of truly, truly knowing someone and truly being known to a level that really only occurs in that relationship. That growth we talked about through the, through the pain. And I also keep in my back pocket a vision for defeat and what I want to avoid. Because I don't want to experience that. And that is why, that's why this level of commitment is worth it to me. So gentlemen, thank you so much for listening. And ladies, gentlemen and ladies, I think we do have some some ladies who listen to this. Uh, The Meat and Potatoes of the Married Man is the weekly newsletter that I send out every Monday morning. Start your week off right uh, with a little quick snippet that will orient you towards the things that are most important. So if you do nothing else, head over to themarriedman.co not C-O-M, I couldn't afford the M, and subscribe to the newsletter. I send it out. I send out an email every Monday morning and a video uh, each Friday. And that'll be all, folks. Have a great week. I will see you next Wednesday. Goodbye.